Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I'm Sheng Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. I also contribute to NBC Sharks. Find me at Sheng underscore Peng on Twitter. Not quite on threads yet, but will be. <laughs> and I'm Keegan McNally. I'm the uh, one of the writers at San Jose Hockey Now and uh, the owner of half-wallhockey.com. You can find me on Twitter at half-wall underscore hockey. Uh, I tried to make a threads and it didn't work out. So that's the that's the highlight of. <laughs> did the, you not the get season. the special fancy red ticket? You 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 weren't uh, hooked up with the. No, they did. I don't think I have that many followers yet. Um, <laughs> I was not hooked up. But, uh, I have like a hundred followers on my Instagram, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe you just had to get to the triple digits. I don't know. <laughs> I actually didn't have one until I tried to make a threads. So we'll have okay. a, a regular. Uh, well, there you go then. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, this week we have uh, lots of good Sharks news for everybody um, and lots of uh, exciting uh, prospect scrimmage action that mm -hmm. we're going to get into. Yeah, um, and let me talk. Uh, we're going to uh, also have a development mm -hmm. camp this week. Uh, talked with uh, Will Smith. We have an exclusive interview with Will Smith. It's going to be a fun one. You're going to learn some different things about him. Like, uh, did you know that he is the great-great-grandson of Charles Comiskey, the White Sox owner. I did not know that, but I'm going to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have some um, some news on free agent signings, as well as uh, some of the trades the Sharks made in the past week. So excited to get into it. How about you, Shane? Yep, let's get, get to it. All right. So we're going to start with the scrimmage, because it seems to be on the, the top of everyone's mind. Um, it was a 7-4 Team White over Team Teal victory. In the second Marchman Cup, I believe. Yes. Um, so why don't we go with uh, Team Teal first? Now yeah. Uh, before we jump through. into that, though, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, mention that um, I'm going to share some stuff that we heard from uh, John McCarthy, Barracuda head coach, and Todd Marchant, the Sharks director of player development, yesterday. Um, after the scrimmage uh, last night, they they talked with the media. Um, I don't see it up on the Sharks website. So there's, yeah. So we're sort of, uh, uh, you know, sharing some stuff that maybe <laughs> you guys haven't, haven't heard. Uh, and so, uh, so some notes on, um, uh, on, on, on a few of these players, I'm going to sprinkle, uh, throughout, uh, sort of our talk about the scrimmage. I do want to caution one thing though. One thing that I'm cognizant of that you want to be careful with the praise that you hear in development camp, because they want to give, you know, McCarthy, Marshawn, understandably, they want to give praise to everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it is, you know, very, very clear and obvious. And other ones, they just want to have guys re-recognized re for the work that they're doing. Right, and, right. Uh, that's showing on the ice. So. Right. So my focus is going to be sort of on the, when you ask a question, right, and the top of mind guys that they say, mm -hmm. these, those are the ones that, that kind of stood out. And then they, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of like, yeah, like, then they remember, oh, but I, I am the director and I'm the coach and I need to like kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I need to praise all my children, you know? <laughs> yeah. And also, the, the I guess the format of the entire scrimmage, sometimes it lends to more. It's giving a lot of guys an opportunity to shine. Uh, just sure. it's kind of very open and, and limited right. defense in some scenarios. So right. it gives a lot of people time to shine, I'd say. But right. um the the first uh, player I think we should right. We're gonna go with Team Teal first, and then then Team White. Team Teal first. You got your you got your cards, Shane. Yeah, I got my uh, lineup sheet. <laughs> I got them. I got them digitally behind you. Uh, <laughs> basically, so 
the number one player we should speak of is our first uh, round pick from 2023, Will Smith, uh, who was centering the top line for Team Teal. So, Shang, how do you think Will Smith did? I thought he did fine. Uh, obviously, he uh, wasn't the star of the game, and we'll get to Quentin Musty in, in a little bit. But um, what I saw last night, I saw uh, subtlety, deception, uh, you know, ability to do, to make uh, a, a tape-to-tape pass everywhere, you know, under mm-hmm. duress, you know. And so I saw a lot of, obviously, what the Sharks uh, saw saw in him. Um, John McCarthy said, you know, that Smith was somebody that that stood out, just that you can tell the, the, ob- the talent is obvious there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things that I saw that need to be cleaned up, and they will be cleaned up over the years, right? But a guy that is definitely offense first, like uh, Will Smith, you know, taking a lot of chances with the puck, uh, uh, along the wall, you know, kind of, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a carelessness there that, that needs to uh, be yeah. uh, coached out of him, but he's 18 and will be, uh, but you can see sort of those flashes for sure. Yeah, that definitely. I think um, Will Smith is the kind of prospect that really, really likes to dictate the pace of a game. Mm. Yes, and absolutely. He likes, to, he likes to find his way through a defense. And in the beginning of the scrimmage, I could tell that he was just, trying things he was like maybe mm-hmm. i can get around this guy maybe i can't but he's gonna try it either way right and towards the end of it he started to get a little bit more like reading his defense and that's kind of the player that he is he's just very confident with the puck and he's really good at controlling the pace of play um and he got more comfortable as the scrimmage went on for sure um there was that interaction with him and musty about the whole slashing thing right an interesting interaction i i honestly cannot remember like i think a couple years ago we had a fight in a prospect game or development yeah i kind of i kind of i don't remember who who was between but (laughs) me either yeah no this this, yeah yeah this was a fun one though yeah that that little slash there i'm glad i'm glad that i i noticed it because i saw it and i wasn't uh i wasn't sure it was smith but Mm -hmm. i was pretty sure and I yeah. asked around, uh, and no one was 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 sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to shout out actually, uh, uh, Victor Nuno. Um, he does. Uh, Should have looked it up. Actually, I'm sorry. Before uh, we we talked, so my preparedness here for that uh, for that was isn't high. But uh, Victor, if you're listening, I met uh, Victor actually at the draft, and. Um, Oh, from I've been, uh, I've, been, I've, been I've been I've been on his uh, podcast. Oh, uh, what uh, what Keegan? I think it's a fantasy hockey. Yes, thank um... you. Yeah, no, I, I found it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> he is uh, with Dauber Prospects now, and he co-hosts um, uh, Fantasy Hockey Life. I guess is, is is the podcast. I've been on it a couple of times, and also too co-host of the Dauber Prospect uh, Report uh, podcast. But I just want to give him a little shout out because he's the one that confirmed to me that it was it was indeed uh, Will Smith yep. uh, that slash musty, which gave me the confidence to to to, to uh, kind of uh, uh, Josh both both of the guys about that uh, afterwards. And yeah, um, I think his, it was his slash that led to a the break the modified yeah. breakaway penalty right. shot, which led to his goal. Right. Or second right. Goal. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that, 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 that was that was a, that was a, a, a great, a great little moment at the end there. Um, I actually <laughs> want to give one more shout out too. actually uh, uh, Josh Fragellin, uh, who you guys sure. know from San Jose Hockey Now, wrote a lot during Dev Camp. And he's the one that actually because uh, Musty came in and talked with us. Right. And then uh, and then he sat down because he had to wait for for Smith for something they had to do afterwards. I think some social media stuff. And anyway, uh, it was uh, a Josh that sort of. Uh, 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 teased uh, uh, Quentin. Uh, asked asked Quentin if he wanted to ask a question of, of Will Smith, 
And so I don't know if that's what prompted Musty to ask. And didn't get the video of Musty's question. I wish I had because the video is, is or the question was great. But Musty <laughs> asked, you know, are, is that the kind of player you are, Will Smith? That you know, you slash people. Are you a dirty player? Is that your game? Puts him right on the spot. <laughs> yeah, puts him right on the spot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to capture Will's reaction, which was great because Will's reaction was, and you could see it on uh, on my Twitter. Will's reaction was, "You you want to fight?" <laughs> is that is this a invitation are we fighting yeah i, I think no. that was amazing um, yeah yeah that was that, uh, that was that was a good moment but uh, they definitely yeah. took it pretty serious i'd say i, I would yeah, think yeah. like both I, sides I it so. was pretty tight competition in terms yeah. of they were you know out there skating hard it wasn't like you know some some prospect scrimmages where you're like oh they're you know, kind of going or some sort of you know basically exhibition games where they're not really you know trying very hard no it seemed like it was actually pretty competitive <laughs> between the two sides so yeah yeah absolutely. Um, yeah i uh i think will's um i think a lot of people were expecting will to have 15 goals and seven assists <laughs> by the end of the game and uh i'm sure matt with... mishkoff would have had 15 goals yeah and exactly assists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know but like I, I think that's maybe what some people were expecting from will um coming in and um I think uh, a lot of it just has to do with a format, b completely new teammates, line mates, yeah. um, and then you know at the very end he was you know getting into his groove and he had an, an amazing shot from uh, in the slot that led to a goal too mm -hmm. as well. So he definitely had his moment in the sun. It just took a little while. While Messi was like out the gates, and we'll get sure. to him in a minute. But yep, yep, yep. Um, another guy on his line. Uh, mm -hmm. Unless you have anything else to say about Smith? No, no, yeah. Uh, was Cam Lund from mm -hmm. last year, who was the hero of last year's prospect scrimmage. Sure. Um, came out and, and shot the lights out, and everyone was was really impressed with his shot. How do you mm -hmm. think he did? Well, he had another impressive shot. Um, I think that tied the uh, tied the game, or uh, tied it, it was a three-on-three yeah. three, mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, for, for Teal. Um, I would say that uh, maybe it was looking for a little more takeover from him, it being his second year, but the, the shot is there. You know the size and ability to handle uh, is is there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there were moments where I it could also have just been my brain trying to draw onto Smith on his line, but I was I was noticing Smith more than I was Lund. Yeah. Um, overall, but uh, again, he does have a, a fantastic shot, and he does have some um, some decent playmaking off the rush and everything as well. Smith just abandons the puck. Like whenever he was out there, like he was, you know, ahead of the play, trying to get that stretch yeah. pass. You know, uh, yeah. So he's definitely, uh, definitely, like you mentioned, uh, always thinking offense, always thinking, trying to attack through the middle. Yeah, for sure. Um, the second line center for Team Teal was Theo Jacobson, uh, mm -hmm. which is a uh, 2021 draft pick, I believe. Uh, I think he was in sixth round. Um, he was a late pick. Yeah. Yeah, he's a later pick. He was a um, kind of a smaller pick. And oh, I yeah, six, six round uh, of 2021. You're right. Yeah, and I remember them just mentioning that he was, like when he was drafted, a little undersized and uh, a very, very raw prospect in terms of his overall uh, trajectory. Um, I think for me, and I know you have some some like quotes related to Theo Jacobson mm -hmm. as well from McCarthy, I felt like he had an actual pretty strong game. I wasn't saying he was like, you know, lighting up the score sheet, but right. he did have some good possession plays and he felt like he um uh, could prolong the play he wasn't mm. like losing the puck as soon as he got into the offensive zone i really enjoyed like just his his handling skills i think was probably my biggest standout for him mm. um what do you got well i'd admit uh i so i circled a few guys like usually when i when i watch a game like this 
Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I, 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 every shift I look at one guy, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not easy. If you try to catch like the, you know, try to, try, try to, yeah. try to follow the puck, you're, you're not going to see anybody really. Um, in sure. my, uh, in my opinion, uh, actually there's, there's a, there's a book that, uh, um, that, that I've read, uh, uh, from, uh, Garrett Joyce, the writer, and he, he embedded as a Columbus blue jacket scout, uh, for, uh, uh, for a year or so. It's uh something something heartbreaks uh you know mm-hmm. about about draft and and and, and uh, prospects and that sort of thing and also another book by Shane Malloy, uh art of scouting that that I've read and that's one of the yep. things that they mentioned in the book that like yeah like you should yeah, just focus you, on one guy you know you, you really you have to hone your eyes if you're following right. the puck you're not gonna get it yeah right. So, so, so I circled a handful of guys on each team. And so Jacobson was not one of them. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to tell you the guys that I didn't circle because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> Absolutely. But I was watching uh, his linemate, a uh, Halton in more, uh, which sure. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about next. But anyway, though, on Jacobson, though, the one interesting thing that, that I did hear this week was um, I asked uh, John McCarthy about sort of the, the fitness uh, of these, uh, not the fitness, I'm sorry, of like the guys who developed the most in terms of size. Mm-hmm. And uh, one guy that you saw me mention on Twitter was Ethan Cardwell. And Ethan Cardwell, you know, he was like obviously wider and bulkier than he was last year. And actually, that's how I, that's what I asked him. I said, Ethan, you know, in the best possible way, most polite, <laughs> you look <manner>. much wider. <laughs> He was much wider. Yeah, and he took he. That's a compliment, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. that's a testament to the work that Ethan has put into it, uh, which I'll talk about a little more later. Yeah. But anyway, I asked McCarthy, did, did anyone else have that kind of obvious, like, just like, wow, you look way different than you did a year ago? <laughs> yeah. And the other guy he mentioned was Jacobson. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. Theo Jacobson feels like a very uh, Swedish player. Not mm-hmm. that I mean he is also from Sweden, but and the name <laughs> too. In his, his name Deal. as well. But I mean, the, his style of play fits like a lot of uh, Swedish European or Swedish uh, professional players that mm-hmm. I've watched, um, and I think it's it's interesting to see him on a North American ice surface. Like mm-hmm. I've only ever seen him in Sweden, um, and I've never seen him play um, otherwise. So right, right. I think one thing about about him I would say though, and part of the reason why I didn't circle him. So sorry, Theo, uh, <laughs> was, uh, that he's, he's, he hasn't played beyond Osvenskan, you know, yeah. second division, Swedish hockey. And last year, I think he had what 14 points in, uh, 43. I just was looking at before 43 Osvenskan games. Yeah. So, you know, he's 20. So this is obviously going to be a big year for him, right. To like yeah. take up a larger role, uh, in Osvenskan and hopefully, sure. uh, play some SHL games. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be, a, again, he's always been drafted as like that slower, slower project kind of mm-hmm. thing as a pick. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But do you have words on Haltonen? Yeah, I do want to say, though, uh, if Thiel mm-hmm. turns out to be, uh, uh, you know, an actual NHLer, Keegan saw it first at the prospect scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just he just had some it's some good. No, if you caught your eye. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, he did. He did something right for you, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So uh, Haltonen, um, so Haltonen, I, I think um, you can see kind of the tools uh, with him, mm-hmm. but they haven't, they didn't come together like they did obviously for Musty. You know, Musty has sort of the same tools in terms of size and you know, yeah. and yeah. and shot, but like 
yeah, Halton in, you know, not 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 quite there. But I will say though that uh, McCarthy had good things to say about him. You know, talked about his uh, long, big body, handles the puck well, and yep. uh, and then the shot. Obviously, you know, that's why the Sharks drafted him, right? The, the shot, or that's one of the big reasons why they drafted him. And so I think that 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 was apparent during the the, the practices before the scrimmage. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're in the scrimmage itself. Yeah, um, yeah. Like uh, there, there's uh, there's obvious talent talent there, but you know, obvious work to be done too. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a that's a fair point. He seems like he he is very very focused on getting his shot on net, and mm-hmm. um, and honestly, like a lot of times he was creating through the shot, like he was just shooting for rebounds, and like he can get it on net super super quick. So it it's a valuable player to have. It right. just feels like with his size and his overall ability, you want like a little bit more maybe, mm-hmm. but he's also still extremely young. A lot of that right. can come later on as well. So, right, right, um, right. Uh, next guy that, that uh, I uh, wanted to kind of uh, mention, I don't know if you watched him too closely was uh, Michael Fisher, Michael Fisher. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you got to say? Mm, well, for me, I, I, I feel like, because I was watching really closely because obviously he didn't play a lot last year with his knee injury, only got into 14 games. Uh, but mm-hmm. before that though, uh, before you know, going into uh, a last year, I think he was really seen as like a sleeper. Yeah, for sure. You know, for yeah. the Sharks, like a like a fantastic. I think he was a fourth round pick. You know, a fantastic. Oh, third round pick. Uh, he was third a fantastic round, yeah. third round pick. A guy that a lot of like teams were 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 looking at. You know, around around the range where the Sharks uh, picked him. Um, so I, I think that uh, there's still like a mm-hmm. rustiness to his game, right? Like I. <clears throat> The the Gurry at Fisher pairing was in, in a bit of trouble a, a couple of times uh, last night, yeah. and um, you know not quite seeing the sort of. Um, I think the, the yeah, I think the the offensive side of it hasn't really translated. Like there's there's yeah. obvious like his skating is great or good for his size, and he's he can move fairly well. Um, and he's a right shot, and he's got like you know what you would want out of it but then i think there's some like slower decision making offensively that kind of limits him uh at the current level and you're right he didn't he didn't stick out on that pairing as like guriev is going to be your big physical defenseman Mm -hmm. you've got to be the guy who's going to move the puck and make something happen with it and it wasn't they just didn't click i don't think for their pairing yeah again this is just one game and with a you know like you mentioned a funky format five on five (laughs) for a period four on four for a period Three yeah. on three for a period and then a shootout. So yeah. But the other pairing that was on that team, I think might have been my favorite pairing of either team. Um <laughs> it's one, I mean, that one or there's we'll talk about Team White in a minute, but yeah. it was Luca Canyoni uh, and Eric Polkamp. Mm-hmm. Um I think um both of them are five foot ten, five foot nine, five foot ten. Uh Cagnoni is five listed as five foot nine and pole camp is five foot ten. So uh for the, 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 the big narrative from, from this weekend, the size narrative from this weekend. Remember the Sharks drafted three straight defensemen uh in in the this recent draft. Uh, none of them uh, large uh taller than six one. I think Axel Lander is six one. So yeah. I think Axel Landon's kind of like that oh, Landon, uh, physical sorry. side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and Canyoni and Pole Camp are more your puck movers, but mm-hmm. how did you think they did, or or one specifically? If you had a well, play? I will say that uh, uh, Cagnoni was not was not circled by me, but I, I noticed him though. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I yeah I, to some degree I also besides the very high picks I avoided circling the uh, the the most recent like 
seventh rounders, sixth rounders, fifth round, fifth rounders, right? Because I just sort of expect maybe they won't be that good. You know, this is their yeah. first, like they just came out of college or 18 or whatever, or whatever they came out of. Right. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't place too much expectations on them unless obviously it's a Will Smith, you know, a, a top sure, pick like sure. that. But yeah. um, you know, I'm more interested in, in sort of the second and third years and whatever, because I expect them to really dominate really like, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, command, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, establish themselves in a game like this where they're the older, more experienced, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would say um, with 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 uh, Cagnoni, though, like, I was yeah very impressed with this sort of escapability consistently. Yeah, um, sure. He was able to get away from the four check, uh, able to make for the most part uh, that first pass. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, Cagnoni is a guy that did, definitely did, did, did catch my eye. Um, and I think that those are sort of that those are going to be his calling cards at, um, at as he progresses, you know, up the junior ranks and hopefully the AHL and the NHL, you know, that, mm -hmm. that escapability, that ability to move the puck, hopefully that that progresses. But in last night's game against, you know, some prospects that were a year or two older, more mature, uh, yeah, you know, giants, one. giants like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Altari Pooley and, yeah. you know, and guys like that, right? Like, uh, as well. yeah, yeah, he uh, 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 he was able to um, to uh, to lean on on sort of his his calling card skills, uh, and yeah. that's good to see for a guy that again literally just got drafted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? and also fell yeah. so much, right? Like, right, that there too. was a yeah. lot of people that that had him in the fifties, sixties, or even higher. Right. Um, and he fell all the way to 123. Uh, I, I agree. I think his skating really stood out, his escapability, his ability to change direction. Um, his He was also just very calm defensively. Like he's mm -hmm. never, never going to be the guy that's going to bully anybody, but he was trying to get, he's basically reading the play really well and knowing where the attack was going to come from and how to cut off lanes really well um, and try and make himself bigger, even though he's pretty tiny. Um, so like if he can continue that type of thing, he becomes a, okay, he's not tiny, so he's not going to make the NHL. He becomes a, he's tiny and he has enough offense to actually do something with it to make it an NHL lineup. So I think he had a really good showing overall. Um, pole camp actually surprised me too. Like mm -hmm. I was impressed with, um, his mobility, his shot looked really good. He had a mm -hmm. really great looking shot from the point. Um, I think it was in the second period, somewhere around there, that I was just really impressed that it got on net and how quickly it did. I should have um, circled him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, he wasn't, I wouldn't say, like, you know, blew me away or anything, but he, yeah. he looked pretty good, um, especially for um, an overager. And, and, I mean, he should look good for being an overager, but it took him this year to get drafted and everything. So, I think he looked pretty good. Um, the uh, Other than that, I think, I think we have spent enough time on Team Teal. So, I okay. think we should move into... Uh, Team White. Also, Magnus Crono was on Team Teal. I thought he looked pretty good, but uh, this wasn't really a day for the goaltenders. Seven no. to four final <laughs> four. Um, but I thought he looked pretty decent. Um, so Team White had a little bit of a I'll call it like a uh, dominant first line. I think is mm. the way the best way to put it. With yeah. Quinton Musty, Philip Eastead, and Ethan Cardwell. Uh, Sharks rookie of the year. Or Sharks uh, prospect of the year yep. from last year. So, um... Why don't we get the elephant out of the room? The 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 musty elephant out of the, the birthday room. Birthday boy, yeah. <laughs> the birthday boy, and talk about Quentin Musty. <laughs> sure, uh, Quentin. Um, uh, obviously, we I mean we saw we saw uh, what he did. Um, now I don't know if he's gonna start the season with the Sharks. Like, you know, it's uh, sort of uh, you know, like uh, I, someone asked me that on Twitter today. It's like, 
you know, let's, you know, let's, let, let's slow the roll a little bit yeah. there. But <laughs> sure, obviously sure. though, his size. Yep. And um, also too, uh, you know, one thing that, that, that McCarthy mentioned um, uh, before the scrimmage was how impressive Musty was and how smart he was in terms of absorbing things. And Marsh, mm. uh, Marshawn said later about Musty, yeah. We were doing some things with the forwards where they were doing some hard cutbacks and getting a quick shot from the middle of the ice. And he did it instantly. <laughs> and so that's a, you know, sign of a guy that's obviously, um, you know, paying attention, but also too, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also too, you know, highly skilled and able to kind of, you know, do, uh, you know, do what's being asked of him, uh, and learn it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so so I, that's one thing that, that that's what I find interesting, though, that that even before the scrimmage, you know, basically Musty carried over what he was doing in the practices uh, mm-hmm. and the drills over to the scrimmage. Yeah, it's the uh, old adage of see one, do one, teach one. I don't know, <laughs> if you know that phrase, but it's basically like <laughs> that from Star Wars. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, not so. <laughs> it's just um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a phrase, but basically his just ability to pick up something really quickly. I mean, you're you're drafting him for all of the things that we saw, right? Mm-hmm. So like his shot, his like playmaking ability, his hands. You're drafting for all in his size, um, and then you're hoping that a lot of it can fill in around him. And it seems like because he could pick up things pretty quickly, that it will. Yeah, um, he looked really, really good. I will say that he did. Um, he his game kind of thrives off the rush in general. Mm-hmm. Like it, even in juniors, it was the same way, and um, it, in this format, really lended it to him being able to play to his full extent off the rush, like every shift just being like, yeah. right, well, we're going. every goal is sort of a carbon copy of, of... Huh? <laughs> every goal was sort of a carbon copy of, yeah. you know, this yeah. it's, it's the same thing, you know, like yeah. uh, he pulled the right. same, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, NHL, like nine, nine, like NHL 94, <laughs> like trick you know, on, on a goal. Yeah, there it is again. Yeah. I think Cardwell set up his first goal and I really, really liked his pass that he led to him. And I think, um, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about Musty, and I'm sure we will. But I think Cardwell had actually a really good game as well. Um, yeah. Just very engaged and and playing the role that I think Cardwell's going to play in the future really well, which is he's going to be your retriever of the puck. He's going to be uh, your transition guy. He's going to be your energy guy. Um, all of and 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 then can also finish some plays at the end too. I think he got robbed on one specific right. cross ice pass. Well, Carthy mentioned that you know that he got yeah. stoned a couple times there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, him and Musty went like hand in hand really well mm-hmm. together. Uh, Beastet had a quieter game, I think, mm-hmm. uh, overall, but uh, definitely still can see like his ability to transition is really good. Um, his uh, his skating has improved a lot since his draft right. year, I think. Like I, I could see him being a little bit faster to me. Um, did you have any of them uh, circled? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I had I had all of them circled, and um, yeah, yeah, one um, big circle. <laughs> McCarthy mentioned that uh, we saw. I, I don't remember exactly which period it was, but uh, uh, you know, Bset took the puck to the middle, and whoever was on him just sort of shook shook off that that defender. Mm-hmm. And uh, McCarthy mentioned that you know his composure to the middle and making some some skill plays to the middle of the ice, and we saw some of that. You know, we didn't see it like every single shift, but we saw enough of it. You know, that I was like, wow, there's definitely something there. Um, yeah. In terms of a uh, Cardwell, um, so I mentioned Cardwell and sort of his his how 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 wide uh, uh, he was, <laughs> yes, and part reason why part reason why it really got my attention too is because he's a guy that we watched very carefully last year because he 
was uh, with the Sharks, uh, you know, pretty deep into the exhibition season for, uh, you know, guy that was just, you know, that uh, uh, just out of junior or was about to be just out of eligible to leave junior uh, last year as, as he was. And his speed was uh, sort of his calling card uh, uh, mm -hmm. last uh, uh, last preseason. And while nobody thought that he would make the Sharks, you know, there was some thought that he would sign his ELC after the exhibition, sure. uh, after preseason, because that's how impressive he was, right? But even back then, I watched him. And I thought this 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 guy's too light. Like, there's yeah. of course there's no way he's making an NHL this this you know the at the beginning of the 2022-23 season, but. Even for junior, he's he's light and he's yeah. not like he's not like Michael Grabner fast or whoever where you know you don't have to be as as uh, as heavy because you're, yeah. you're blinding fast. You know he's not that fast. You know, mm -hmm. and so anyway, so it was it, it very much impressed me, and I think that the, you know organization I think obviously share the same sentiment because that's what they've told him to work on, and that's what he clearly. Uh, uh, worked on, you know, not losing that speed, of course, and not losing that skill. You know, I think he scored 95 points last year uh, yep. for Barry or something like that. Something uh, that, sure. Yeah, but uh, adding that, adding that, that, that width and that size, and so I'm very curious to see how that's going to translate. Obviously, uh, adding, he, you know, he said he added six to seven pounds of muscle. Adding that for the OHL is one thing. You know, we'll see how it translates to the AHL. But yeah. it is Im impressive to see that sort of, you know, Todd Todd Marchand mentioned that you know everybody you know was working out and and yeah. uh, and and getting stronger over the year and everybody's making gains right and so not to take take that away from from uh, from any from all other players in camp but. But Todd did, and Todd shouted out uh, Ethan Cardwell, of course, in the first episode of the San Jose Hockey Now he podcast, did. Yeah. right? Uh, but Todd said, uh, "You see guys like Ethan, definitely taking a bigger step. You know, it's it just so it's it's there's there's no subtlety to it." And and anyway, so that's that's very impressive. So I'm very excited to see what he can kind of uh, bring um, yeah. to. Um, to uh to the barracuda i think also too i, I like the adapt uh, adaptability there too where it's not he's not a guy that's saying like hey this is this is you know because he had a pretty good season with barry the year before and it's like i'm a fast player that's my game i'm gonna yeah, stay, yeah. stay light right he's yeah wants to make the nhl and he understands that for sure that he needs to he needs to add you know other other elements and you know seriously at it not just like give it like a, a passing sort of uh, yeah. uh addition but like he's really taken to that and so he's you such, like to see that kind of attitude a, he's such a well-rounded player as well mm -hmm. like it's not like he's just relying on you know a single skill he's not just his right. hands not just a shot he has like a well-rounded skill set i wouldn't say that anything is super super stand out other than um like his motors is really great um, he, he just competes very hard, but I, I would say, that, you know, those are the kind of things that make him a valuable prospect in the future is just his well-roundedness and his ability to improve. So, mm -hmm. um, the second line had, uh, Brandon Svoboda, mm -hmm. um, which was the, uh, pick at 71 that the Sharks traded up to get. So a guy that they definitely are high on, um, they were mm -hmm. worried that he wouldn't go to them at 94. Right. And they traded all the way up to 71 to get him. So, um, I thought he was interesting. I mm -hmm. was um, I had not watched much of Sabota during his draft right. year, um, and I, I can see why they picked him where they did because he is like a long term project. It feels like he's got like 
a lot of um, retrieval skills. He's got a lot of smarts in the offensive zone. Um, he's a, a big body. He feels like a guy that through time and through a little bit more improvements could um, fit into your bottom six really, really well and provide mm-hmm. a lot of value. Um, I yeah. thought he had a good game overall. Like his, his tip in front was, it was pretty great. <laughs> I really liked that tip. And he had a really good, he had a specific steal on a player. I think it was in like second or third, somewhere around mm-hmm. there that I like just lifted up a stick and effortlessly, effortlessly took it off of him. And I thought that was impressive. Hmm. Um, but he had a decent game overall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John said of, uh, of Svoboda, um, Svoboda has been good all week. I think okay. he's competitive, you know, like his approach. And so the word competitive, right? We know that that's sort of the word around the Sharks these One days. One of two you know? words for the Sharks, right? Yeah. Competitive and <laughs> skill. skill. That's the two. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Weisblatt mentioned that uh, in mm-hmm. his uh, post-game uh, interview. He mentioned that, yeah, like that's the word that he keeps hearing, you know, compete, you know, competitive, compete, compete, compete. And to hear uh, Svoboda just drafted, honestly, a guy that I didn't circle either because I thought, well, even though he was a third-round pick, like, He's not considered like a high skill guy necessarily. And so if he's gets lost in a shuffle in five on five, four on four, three on three, I'm not going to like, you know, kill him by watching him being and being like, Oh, how come you're not dipsy duding people <laughs> like, uh, like Will Smith is. And so, yeah. um, but to hear McCarthy say that I think though is a testament to uh, how, you know, how well uh, Swoboda uh, did uh, in this camp. Yeah. And uh, competitive, uh, competitive skill. Uh, speaking of competitive skill, Ozzy Weisblatt was on the third line uh, for Team White. <laughs> I think this was one of my favorite games I've ever watched of Ozzy Weisblatt. <laughs> and I've watched a lot of Ozzy because I watched him a ton in juniors and, and on the Barracuda last year. Um, just you could tell because he got called in, right? This was like yeah. his. They called him up late and said, "Oh, we need an extra skater." Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not actually. Should I should know this? I don't know who he replaced, but yeah, I'm I, not sure either. They said somebody yeah. got so was ill or or mm-hmm. was injured, um, and he got called in, and uh, he clearly was just having fun out there. <laughs> he was just <laughs> like he was the older guy, but um, just a ball of energy like he always is, um, and uh, he uh, he has a lot of um confidence with with handling the puck so he's just mm-hmm. out there like making seven deeks in a row trying to go through a bunch of dudes i thought that was a lot of fun yeah you know obviously as an older player here mm-hmm. um you know you expect them to be good and he he was good and so i'm curious to see how uh, obviously how that translates to the Par- barracuda this year because last year was a disappointing year for him mm-hmm. uh but one thing though that in his post game and uh, josh uh, fragellan wrote about it uh, that stood out though was just sort of his. Um, he was relaxed. He was really relaxed, and yeah. uh, and uh, he mentioned, you know, like last year was really hard for him, and he had to work on just being in a good mental space, staying in a positive mental space. Sure. And uh, he was clearly in it uh, this week, and he, uh, you know, I, I think that 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 does bode well for him to sort of, uh, you know. Uh, Re- recapture uh, his, his his stock a, a little bit and so yeah so it was good to see that this week yeah absolutely he um definitely had a year where it didn't all come together and it took him a long mm-hmm. time to really gain any confidence with carrying the puck uh, at the ahl level and that's kind of the game that he wants to play is the the ability to carry the puck and, and i will say game. though uh, yeah sorry to interrupt really? like uh that scouts were telling me like uh by mm-hmm. like the end of the season that they definitely saw 
that you know he, he was he yeah that he was a player you know that yeah, uh, the, yeah which he wasn't he in the season. And, and, and yeah. obviously next year is going to be a, a huge opportunity with him uh for him some players are going to be moving up and around and there's already been mm-hmm. some movement off the barracuda so um the defenseman for team white we had uh either my first or second pair, favorite pairing jake furlong and, and matthias havlet mm-hmm. furlong has been a player that has been um mentioned a couple of times through the Sharks media. Yeah. Um, it's just a guy that's had a lot of improvements. Um, he's, he's interesting. I, I, for long, I've watched a lot of in juniors and in this game as well. He looked really impressive. He, um, he has a very good uh, surveying of the ice and knowing how to get in lanes to stop pucks mm-hmm. coming through in transition. He stops up in the, in the neutral zone really well and, and can kind of like kill rushes that way. Um, and I, I really liked his game and I felt like, um, I think the announcers called him out too, for having just a, a really good defensive game today. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, good. actually, uh, uh, McCarthy, uh, I mentioned it too. He mentioned, uh, both Havlet and Furlong, you know, did a, actually used that word, uh, managing, did a nice job of managing the game. And, mm-hmm. um, you can see, yeah, you can see sort of that, that calm that they, they both play with, um, and with, uh, adding to Furlong, um, when we talked with uh, Todd Marchand on our podcast a couple weeks ago, he mentioned uh, how much uh, uh, Furlong uh, loves doing video with Lucas Pisa, the defensive development coach. And uh, I asked Jake about it uh, this uh, this this week at development camp, and Jake uh, sort of laughed. He's like, "Yeah, I actually kind of probably annoy them with how much I want to <laughs> do video and how I you know it. I want I want Luca to, to watch every game of, of mine." And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jake mentioned that um, Luca usually spends him like sort of a fifteen minute clip video about every week, sort of you know from 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 Luca's. Uh, uh, viewings of, of of his games of the week and mm-hmm. it's great to hear that sort of um well first that kind of detail right that both uh, furlong and spiza are putting into uh, furlong's development but also too just how you know obsessed you know uh you know you know <laughs> yeah. jake yeah. you know seem you know seems to be with improving his game and so that's that's a that's that's a great sign and i think he was a fourth round pick so Oh, fifth, he was a fifth round. Yeah, pick. So yeah. yeah, so this is a guy that um definitely uh, you know has already sort of at least at this right now, uh, you know is eclipsing his draft position, and mm-hmm. um actually uh, uh, a couple months ago I had a post trade deadline uh, San Jose uh, hockey now top ten sharks prospects, you know vetted through multiple uh, you know scouts and you know shark source and all you know things like that right. And I had Furlong, I think, as like a sneaky number ten. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he he showed why you know why mm-hmm. why he's there. Yeah, and um, I think his partner as well was Havlid. Um, mm-hmm. And it was pretty clear that Havlid's been playing professional hockey. I, like it just felt like he understood the game very very well defensively, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of flashes. I wouldn't say that he like stood out all that much um but he did look really really comfortable um him and furlong made a great bearing i think the entire night yeah 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 i uh, have it look like he had sort of the escapability too that uh yeah. um, that i noticed with the uh, cagnoni so yeah his skating is really great he's, he's known for his shot as well i think he got yeah. it off a couple times but um yeah I, I liked his game as well the um the uh, only other person I think to shout out on Team White was Dylan Ernst, who was the mm-hmm. trial goaltender who had. Oh, probably... I have one more guy. So yeah, but oh, you got to go, go, go ahead on. with Dylan. Oh well, I was just gonna say he had the um, 
he had the save of the night that mm. I think um, uh, basically was just like a highlight reel save uh, towards the yeah. end of the game. That I, thought I, will, I will add uh, of the tryouts. I asked uh, uh, one mm -hmm. scout that I trust outside the Sharks organization uh, about the Sharks tryouts and anybody catches eye and he said, eh, no. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So okay. he could be wrong, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I know Ernst had a great record last year uh, for, I think, Cam Lutz, Loops, but um and the Sharks yep. did not draft a goalie, uh, of mm -hmm. course, in the 2023 draft. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's something for, for Ernst there. Uh, sure. But, yeah, I wanted to, 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 uh, to, to share that thought. Um, but the other uh, player that I was watching was uh, Valtteri oh. Foley. Yep. And uh, Valtteri, um, obviously, uh, a little bit older. Uh, and there's some, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens uh, uh, with him. But, you know, he's a guy that you can see if things you know, play out right with sort of his, uh, his size and, and how he's grown his game that he can be, you know, fast tracked at NHL, maybe, you know, if things work out for him. And so watching him though, uh, this is, these are his first games though, in the, in the small rink, small ice. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was definitely that, you know, he talked about that, that, you know, that, 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 that's something that's going to be a challenge for him. But yeah, I did right. want to mention though, that uh, John McCarthy, a couple of times uh, in the pregame, morning skate and also after the game you know shouted out pulley's uh you know he said moves well for a bigger body and also his hands are good too which i think is uh kind of a subtle detail that um yeah obviously pulley you know it's not hands like the like when people talk about hands and a score or like will smith's hands or whatever right like not like that right but hands yeah. in terms of just you know handling that that, that hard pass making that that first pass and sure. so that those little uh you know those kind of subtle you know defenseman skills are you know are are you know so important for a guy that's you know even if he's never going to score a point per game or be anything close to that, you know, just being able to, you know, handle a pass, make that first pass and then use his size, his skating and his reach. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that combines to a pretty good, uh, pretty good package. And so, yeah, I think that was a, a pretty, uh, pretty uh, a high, you know, I think, I think McCarthy liked Pooley and McCarthy will probably be coaching Pooley a lot this year for the Barracuda. Absolutely. And uh, some sort of, amalgamation of a quote from jake middleton is the nhl pay you a million dollars to um you know flip the puck out of the zone and play good defense and, <laughs> and, and but i, I think valtteri bully has like definitely does have some interesting qualities about his size his skating and, and yeah. his hands were not too bad yeah yeah and the sharks have 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 had a, a history of uh, one thing they've been able to develop well from kind of quote-unquote nothing but guys who weren't drafted high or free agent signings right Big guys mm -hmm. who can skate, you know, molding them into good defensemen or at least passable defensemen, right? So Jake Middleton, you mentioned one. Uh, Nikolai yeah. Knizhov is is another one, right? Megna is region. another one. Yeah, yeah, Jacob Megna, right? Getting more out of Jacob Megna than other teams get, and eventually getting a fourth-round pick out of Seattle for him. And yeah. so maybe Pooley will be uh, in, in that line. Of course, there won't be Eric Carlson to uh, – there Did probably that... won't be Eric Carlson to, to help him out, be... but – I'm trying to wonder to see if that fourth round pick became uh Canyoni. Oh, was it? It might have been actually. Uh, uh that was 123. I think I think you're right. It would be from Seattle. That's about right, right? Yeah, because because the, the uh the next two defensive picks, uh uh Landon and uh Pole Camp were fifth rounders. So yeah. I think that was Canyoni. 
Anyways, it's right, just it is. A... I just checked it up. Yeah, so yeah, so they flipped uh, Magna for for Cagnoni. So yeah, honestly, <laughs> really great, and I'm happy for Magna. Obviously, continuing his career in Seattle and all that, and he, um, uh, I think he's still got one more year on his deal and, and everything. Yeah, so yeah, a minimum deal. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he has value, and he's a great partner for for Carlson too. But uh, yeah, in Seattle, great partner for Carlson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> all right, Shank. So I think we've um, talked the prospect scrimmage a lot. Let me yeah. close yeah. off with a couple of things yep. here, just about the guys who didn't play last night with the prospect sure. scrimmage. Just a couple of notes uh, from um, uh, from uh, McCarthy and Marchant. Um, so one thing that I was interested in is all the older players that they brought in who did not play in the prospect scrimmage, right? Guys like Thrun and uh yep. Bordalo and Eklund and things like that right so I asked Todd uh you know who are the guys who kind of stood out as leaders this uh this uh this weekend right and mm-hmm. or this week and this is one of those questions where like I said at the top of this where uh obviously he's gonna say good things about everybody but I'm sure everybody did did do well in sort of that leadership veteran role right here but you know, the first guys that he mentions, those are the guys that really, really stood out for him. <laughs> and so he mentioned number one, uh, David Quinn's favorite guy, uh, Henry Thrun. Love Henry Thrun. Far, far and away, you know, right? <laughs> Love Henry Thrun. He also yeah. mentioned Nick Chichek too. And so I wanted to give a little, little uh, shout out to those guys and, the, you know, things that they do for leadership. I asked Todd, what are some of those things? And uh, Todd said, just little things like making sure everybody's on the bus or everybody's in the vans, making sure that everybody's <laughs> where they're supposed to be. So yeah. it sounds like kind of uh, my job when I was an after school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but, Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Always count all the heads on the bus, you know, before you leave. <laughs> yeah. Before you leave, before you leave the museum, always count all the heads yeah. on the bus, right? So, uh, so it sounds like uh, Henry and 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 Nick did a great job of that. And also want to add a note about uh, uh, Thomas Bordalo. I think this is actually a really important note. Um, last year, obviously, <clears throat> Bordalo started the season off great, was scoring goals like gangbusters, right? But yep. I don't think he was playing in quite the you know, he was scoring goals at AHL, but he wasn't necessarily playing the kind of uh, two-way winning hockey that, uh, um, you know, maybe comp- competitive, you know, kind of kind of, kind of of hockey that I think he'll need at NHL. He's not Alex Ovechkin. He's not going to just, you know, he's not going to wing it at NHL with just his shot or his, or his skill. Yeah. And um, I think that it took a little bit of time for that to sink in with, uh, with, with, with Thomas. That's, sort of uh sort of my understanding of things and so mccarthy said of bordolo that he seems to have taken a time away from the season to regroup and he wants to come back with a fresh start and commit himself to playing a 200 foot game Mm -hmm. and Thomas Borlo's skill is obvious. Like we saw it in that, you know, uh, stint, uh, his, his first time with the Sharks, right? When uh, Bob Bugner was still the coach. Uh, we saw it with the Barracuda last year, AHL All-Star. Um, and there's no question, there's no, no one questions Thomas Borlo's skill. But I think that um, there is, there are, were fair questions last year about his, you know, his 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 two way game, his compete, yep. and uh, you know how that would fit in with 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 the Sharks in the, in the coming years. And so mm-hmm. it's good, and you know, a lot of defense, right? And I I don't know what you think of this, but a lot of defense is is just attitude, right? It's just the willingness to, 
Yeah. No one's asking Thomas Bordalo to be, you know, Joe Otto to be, uh, you know, some whatever great third line center of of, of, of days past. You know, sure. no one's asking sure. to be Nick Benino. You know, uh, yeah. no, yeah, no one is asking Bordalo to to be that, but. You need to show a certain modicum of responsibility, a certain modicum of effort, you know, a certain level of, of all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to have the right attitude that this is winning hockey. This will help my team win games, even if, like, I score a few less goals in the season, that sort of thing, right? And so I think that uh, Bordalo, you know, they talk about sort of the, the post-hype prospects, right? Obviously, the Bordalo hype, you know, was at the a Bordalo hype train. Yep, and uh, you know, in twenty one, twenty two, right? Yeah. Uh, derailed uh, a bit uh, last year, I would say, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it chugged into about February when he was the AHL All Star, and then and after right, it like but then you watch, up, you watch really it though, work. right? Even when he was yeah. scoring goals, like it's like, well, yeah. okay, he's doing that, but that other yeah. stuff he's not doing is going to keep him from you know being in the lineup for. I think any here's, NHL. Here's my my thought on my thoughts on Bordalo is is that the the nhl is very it likes guys to fit into certain molds and bordelo has an issue where his size his position and the way that he plays doesn't fit a mold that is currently around in the nhl very often i think he fits best at center his his offensive game i think is is you know flourishes at least a little bit more at center than it does at wing Mm -hmm. um but his defensive skills and his, his ability to play a 200 foot game really does hamper him from moving from the minors to uh, the mm-hmm. NHL. Basically the, the 200 foot game in his position as a center, like if he was yeah, a good sure. enough winger, he could probably get away with the way that he plays on like in, in all zones. Um, but I just don't, as of now, he, he, obviously he's seeing it too. He, he realizes that there is a, a path forward that he needs to take to make the thing is that I, I think he's, we know he's skilled enough, but I also think he's smart enough and strong enough, even Mm. though he's a small guy, he's actually deceptively strong. He really uh, is. Yeah. Yeah, Right. And, Mm -hmm. and and I think he's, he's very smart too. So I think that, um, I wouldn't surprise me if he's again, you know, sort of that post hype guy that, you know, you know, uh, yeah, everyone's kind of down on him. You know, he's mm-hmm. dropped down the Sharks prospects list, uh, top yeah. 10. Obviously, with additions of Smith and Musty and Halton and guys like that, even, you know, even, yeah. even further down the list than he was to end uh, last mm-hmm. season. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that wouldn't surprise me. if, but if he, he is uh, strong. You're, you're right yeah. on that. Because he, yeah. he has good puck protection, and mm-hmm. he can, like, he's got low center of gravity, low mm-hmm. center of gravity, so he can he can actually get the puck back. It's just, it's kind of like, more of a mental thing, I think. In yeah, that's what of... I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why it's great that he has that, you know, appears to have the, the right attitude, I think, mm-hmm. you know, this, year, this year. And uh, the other, I think, interesting quote was somebody wrote an article about the the size being prevalent in the, the prospects game. Oh, and sure, yeah, was, yeah. And it was interesting because, you know, Bordalo, Eklund, Gushkin, and Robbins were all sitting in the press box letting everybody else have their day <laughs> in the sun. And it's like, well, you know, we didn't just, like, suddenly get only Giants. And also... You know, Kenyoni had a great day. Yeah, and, the defensemen that that were drafted too. Yep. Yeah, and had a great days. Yeah. So, and we again drafted some small defensemen, smaller defensemen this year as well. So, all right. Um, from a uh, more uh, let's call it bigger perspective, Sharks mm-hmm. made a couple of moves this week, um, headlined by two trades. Yep. Um, we looked this up to pronounce it correctly. Leon Gavanka. 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 
Um, that's what the Manitoba <laughs> Moose announcer said, and those guys are always right about this kind of stuff. Yep, it's their job, it's their livelihood. <laughs> um, it was acquired in a trade for Artemi Kaniza, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Anthony Duclair was acquired in a trade uh, with Florida for Stephen Lawrence, and mm-hmm. I think a fifth round pick. Yeah, fifth round pick, twenty twenty five, fifth rounder. Let's I, let's start with uh, the Anthony Duclair, um, just because I think it was the the big headline uh, of sure. a trade. What do you what do you think the sharks are kind of not? This is going to sound. What do you think the sharks are doing? <laughs> no, just what do you <laughs> what, what what do you think the the uh, bigger signing is here for Anthony Duclair? What's what's the bigger picture here with him? Well, a bigger picture is that you know Anthony. Ha- well, first of all, Florida needed needed to create cap space, and mm. so they were. Even though the Sharks love Stephen Lawrence, we all love Stephen Lawrence, and uh, he is you know every bit the compete guy that you know the Sharks want to kind of have more of guys like that, right? But he's also a fourth line player, and he may be a great fourth line player, but he's still a fourth line player. And so you can get a guy like Duclair who has scored 20 goals three times, scored 30, uh, over 30 once um, for basically, yeah, for a, a fourth line player. Um, you kind of you kind of have to do that. And and uh, with Duclair, uh, he is, uh, like I said, he has one year left at a very reasonable contract. And so the Sharks need to, in their rebuilding, you know, take, take chances on guys with a lot of upside uh, like, like Declare has on a discount mm-hmm. and this discount care is obviously, you know, they didn't have to trade like a, a ton back for a guy that only scored two goals in a regular season, you know, coming off of Achilles injury. So only had two goals in 20, uh, 20 games last year, but had a good playoff, had a four goals, seven assists and a Panthers uh, a Stanley cup final run there. And uh, again, has that track record and is youngish. And so he's a guy that now on the Sharks, you know, he ha- he is now probably the best winger, right? Obviously, there's Barrett Bonoff. Sharks are hoping Eklund takes that next step. But right now, uh, it's between him and Barrett Bonoff for sort of uh, the top winger, right? And yeah. so Duclair should get plenty of power play time, plenty of time. You know, Duclair's been uh, mostly a 15-minute a player, uh, uh, a night guy in recent seasons. You know, playing, you know, a secondary scoring role on, you know, star-laden teams like, well, recently, like the Panthers, right? Yep. And so he sort of, you know, covered. On one hand, he doesn't have as much responsibility because of guys like Barkov and Huberto in past years and even like uh, Kachuk, guys like that, right? And so now yeah. he's going to get a chance to play probably 17, 18 minutes a night, you know, and see if he can, uh, you know, really kind of up his trade value for the Sharks to flip him at the deadline. So, you know, we didn't trade, you know, the Sharks didn't trade Stephen Lawrence in the fifth necessarily for Duclair. It could be for the draft pick that comes from, from Duclair, right? Awesome. And yeah, and if you get a first or even a second for Duclair at the deadline, you weren't getting a second for Lawrence and a fifth, you know, at at, at any point, you know, uh, you know, uh, likely, right? And yeah, so, sure. yeah, so 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 you're basically uh, just improving, sort of. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's a financial term for this, but just, <laughs> yeah, but you but yeah, but but yeah, yeah. You're you're just you're adding you're adding mm-hmm. a more va- uh, a guy that ha- that should return, be return on investment. There's a right. there's a financial term. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> should be should be a more valuable asset. You know, and of course you never know. You know, Declare can get hurt. He can, mm-hmm. you know, he can kind of melt in the spotlight of being sort of the number one, number two winger on the Sharks. Right? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right? But this is a really really good bet. Really smart 
smart bet. And these are the kind of bets that the Sharks need to make because they need to, you know, accumulate better picks and, uh, and, and, you know, at better prospects uh, uh, as they try to work their way out of uh, the, the seller. So, yeah, I think there, there's something you said that the Sharks just really need someone who's able to put the puck in the net as well. Yep. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Just really, they traded Timo. They've just been steadily declining in their goals for, for I don't know, years, it seems like. Right. And somebody's got to put the puck in the net. And it probably is going to be Duclair if he stays healthy and gets top right. power play minutes and all that. And he's still the same player that he was a year ago when he scored 31 goals. Yep, 31, um, yeah. Which is, you know, that's nothing. That's not nothing in the NHL. That's in, that's impressive. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's either a, maybe this is a guy that, you know, he's young-ish. Maybe this is a right. guy that you want to keep around if he really right. loves it being a shark. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's like a flippable asset that gets you a second or a first in the, right. at the deadline. And either way, it seems like a win. I love Stephen Lawrence, and I'm sure the Panthers are. Happy no, I love Stephen Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, I've but, uh, <laughs> you know, spent a lot of time chatting with him. Yeah, and Stephen Lawrence year. is still like a, a fourth liner that you can win a Stanley Cup with. So if yes, the goal absolutely. is for absolutely. the Panthers to win a Stanley or to win a Stanley Cup, then you know they still have a fourth liner they can do that. Yeah, they save two million in the cap, and they mm-hmm. get a useful player that can help them, you know, get back to the Stanley Cup final. Exactly. He's, you know, he's not going to be a throwaway piece. If he's on a, a playoff team, he's going to be a valuable piece. So right. just a different kind of piece. Whereas, you know, maybe they're looking for some different offense up front and they can afford to do that trade. Right. Um, the other one was an interesting one and it was for Leon Gavanka, mm-hmm. uh, a right shot D from um, the Manitoba Moose mm-hmm. uh, and a D for D trade, um, which was an interesting move from the Sharks. And I think Kanizev had, um, he's like, he to me felt like a, a prospect that kept going in like spurts and starts, right? Like he would stop his development and then he would leap a little bit ahead and he would stop and he would leap a little bit ahead. And like I'd watch him and I'd be impressed for a bit. And then sometimes I wouldn't be as because he he has a lot of, you know, obvious tools with his skating being the number one that uh, just didn't really pan into a good puck moving defenseman for the shark or for the Barracuda, mm-hmm. um, but could still be. So, right. Um, they traded for Leon Gavanka um in a um an interesting move basically Gavanka is older so yes older, I think that's part of it you know Kanyazev has a little more of a runway 22 2019 mm-hmm. pick Gavanka is a 2017 pick uh yep. 24 yeah and he um he's a right shot where the Sharks were loaded on the left side right. so I think that was also just kind of a positional need as well um could this be the Eric Carlson replacement? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, the Sharks have no one uh, after Carlson. They have no one obvious to take over on the power play. Um, last year, Matt Benning was PP two, so sure he he could do it. But um, I, you know, in an ideal world, Matt Benning is not <laughs> your your top power play. He just isn't, you know. So. Yeah. You know, he's good in other areas. He was a gem of a fine for the Sharks last year. Um, he's, I think, better defensively than people give him credit for. But mm-hmm. offensively, you know, he's not, he shouldn't be PP1. Not to say that Gavanka should be either, but yeah. uh, Gavanka has, you know, some degree of potential to, you know, take on at least offensive role in the NHL. You know, talk to his scouts uh, after the trade. Uh, you know, they told me that Gavanka, in their opinion, is an NHL caliber in terms of uh, his puck play. Like, there yep. isn't a question yep. about that. His problem is that he is not good defensively. And yep. so, you know, can he do enough uh, to kind of, 
cover up, you know, uh, for the defensively, not be such a liability and score some points. And also to be a guy that potentially could be, could be uh, flipped too. Uh, and maybe, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he did lead uh, the, the AHL tied with the, the, the AHL scoring defense lead with 20 goals uh, last year. Uh, granted though, um, Jacob McDonald also on the Sharks blue line, you know, I think he's been a, he's a multiple like a, a AHL all-star, uh, yeah. scored a ton of goals in the AHL as a defenseman. Uh, yep. and that hasn't translated. So there's no guarantee that Gavanka's uh, uh, production at the AHL level will translate at all in the NHL. Yeah, but absolutely. um it's it it fills an it fills a role that the Sharks really need though, right? In terms of right-handed defensemen and also offensive defensemen uh that is you know NHL ready or close to NHL ready, which they they don't, which they which they don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Sands, uh, Eric Carlson, and so yeah, I think I think it's a it's a it's a pretty good gamble. I like to see what um, uh, what uh, what 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 Kavanka brings uh, to the table. You know, Kanyazev, um, he had a you know last year was was a was a growth year for him. You know, he was better yeah. uh, uh, last year than he was the year before his rookie pro pro year. Um, but you know, his ceiling seemed, uh, even people who liked him, you know, more kind of bottom pairing. Right. And obviously yeah. the sharks have added a lot of defensemen, you know, that's, you know, a lot of people have talked about that. A lot of defensive prospects in the last few months, right. Uh, Mukamadulin, Thrun, you know, Ahotiak, guys like that. Right. Sure. So, yeah, so Kanyaza was definitely getting lost, kind of like Hadika too, right? Hadika that was sort of a throwaway in the Timo Meyer trade. You know, remember how hyped people were about him a couple of years ago, right? That because yeah. Hadika can skate well. I mean, it's sort of all he, that he was able to to do, but yeah, but it seems like was it was a, a, it was it was like Kanyazev and Hadika were the two guys that can skate well, similar size. One was offensive, yeah. one was defensive, right. and like if you squinted really hard, maybe you could get a third pairing defenseman out of them. Right, um, right, something like or, that, right? Something like that, but it never really panned out for it. It didn't pan out for, for the Sharks, but mm-hmm. um, but can it pan out for you know, can Hadika make something of his NHL career? I think it's possible. Sure. You know, he, ha- he has one very clear NHL skill, right? Or you know, mm-hmm. ability in his skating, right? And so that's a very important, obviously, NHL uh skill. And and can Yazev, yeah, like he's not as good a skater as Hadika, but he has a kind of a more of a combination of skills, you know, good uh good puck mover, uh mm-hmm. good skater and adding to his ability to play uh, defense, uh, to kill plays and things like that. That's, I think, yeah. one thing that Kinyaza did a lot better uh, this past season. Um, but yeah. he wasn't really going much of necessarily anywhere in the Sharks organization, right? And so he he would have needed, a, 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 I don't know what's going on with him this summer, but but he would have needed a, kind of a transformative summer, <laughs> you know, to leapfrog. Yeah. It's possible. New organization, but... anything could happen. Right. Just, what, like Winnipeg, yeah, death chart, whatever. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. easier for him. Yeah, it feels like it fit for both sides. I don't really know the the Winnipeg Jets defensive depth chart, but it felt like right. it was a good move for, for both sides. I will say with Gavanka too, right? He had signed a contract with uh, Adler Mannheim. I think he was done with Winnipeg and tired of, you know, the guy played four years with the Moose. He's a German, uh, a German a, yep. a native, so he's able to play longer and the Jets have his rights for longer. Um, but anyway, he played uh, four years with the Moose. He scored 30 goals in the last two years from the defense. He led the, like I said, he scored 20 last year. Uh, uh, tied for the AHL defensive lead, and he couldn't get one AHL game. 
And <laughs> the Jets, you know, I, I'm not sure why. I don't know the the, the 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 sort of the inner workings, but like of the Jets. But that's got to be frustrating. Uh, you yeah, know, the Jets absolutely. aren't. Yeah, the Jets aren't the 2007 Anaheim Ducks. You know, you know, <laughs> you know like. Yeah. Yeah, you score twenty goals in a season, you know. Uh, it's like one in, game, like yeah, yeah, you're in the last year of your contract. Yeah, getting a game. Kanazov has nice. a game. Even yeah, even Kanazov <laughs> has a has a freaking game. Yeah, uh, in the COVID year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so so he was leaving, and um, because you know writing was on the wall uh, for him in a Winnipeg organization, and so yeah, yeah but he's gonna get every chance probably with the Sharks. If there's no Eric Carlson, because yeah, they have no, like they don't, they don't have, at, at least at the moment, you know, maybe they'll sign somebody or trade for somebody, but at the moment they don't have, uh, you know, anybody who is a viable PP one option, yeah. you know, like yeah. right now the best options might be to go with five forwards. So. Yeah. Oh, five forwards or Matt Benning, I guess. Um, right. <laughs> but it does show, I think, and, and obviously, it was mostly tongue in cheek when I was saying he's the Eric Carlson replacement. It was more mm-hmm. just that I think it shows that the the Sharks management continues to ever since the the trade over to Mike Greer um, has like continued to just address the depth chart in specific ways that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, we need to improve this. We need to improve this part of our pipeline, our defensive pipeline. We need to improve our compete. We're going to get these guys. Mm-hmm. We might be trading Eric Carlson. We don't have a lot of right handed D. We're going to get this guy, even if it's not like, you know, a slam dunk, it's at least a trying. They're trying in different sure. parts of the depth chart that I think is very targeted in a way that's that's sure. good to see for sure. Um, the uh, couple other um, free agent uh, news, basically, uh, Sharks signed a couple of guys. Uh, Giovanni Smith and Kyle Burrows both got NHL contracts. Um uh, as well as uh, three um, likely AHL deal or well, NHL deals, but likely AHL players and, and sure. Nathan Todd, Ryan Carpenter, Ryan Carpenter, and um, Scott Saboran. You can tell I'm getting tired because I'm slurring my words a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Shang, your it's Scott Saboran, by the way. Saboran. Oh, yeah, I, I dealt with Saboran uh, yeah. when he was with the Ontario Reign. I think maybe his rookie AHL season. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was. My first you beat the, the insider 2015 16 on Scott What are your thoughts on the Giovanni Smith and Kyle Burroughs uh, contracts? Well, you know, uh, Giovanni definitely uh, uh, adds sort of uh, that toughness element, right? Uh, that they lost the uh, letting uh, VL and Gadrovich go, but also mm-hmm. to Giovanni, uh, from what I understand, he plays with a bit more pace than uh, than VL and Gadrovich did. Um, mm. You know, a bit more on the forecheck, a bit more better skater than, than both of those guys. And so I think that's the element I think might have been attractive uh, more so to the Sharks and how David Quinn likes to play. Just, you know, pace, you know, Quinn talks a lot about pace. And so I think that that's that, you know, people, you know, people will say, oh, why Giovanni Smith over Gadjevich or BL, right? And so yeah. those are the little areas that 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 Smith might have uh, just a little bit more of than uh, than 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 those guys. Uh, Burroughs, I think, is a, is a really interesting one. Um, you know, you look at that contract and immediately you think of Matt Benning, and <laughs> the Sharks gave Matt Benning a four-year contract. I think one point two five million AAV. You know, everyone was a lot of people at least were uh, a lot of fans were like. He gave four years to Matt Benning, and 
I while I understand that the term is, is longer than you like, and Burroughs actually acknowledged the same thing, and Matt Benning has said the same thing too. That yeah, you can't uh, when you're like a you know a kind of seen as a bottom pairing guy or whatever, right? You can't ignore the the security for your family and whatever that the extra the extra year gives you, right? Or the extra year or two that the Sharks will give you, uh, uh, you know, uh, you can't ignore that. And so Burroughs mentioned that. That was one of the, the attractive things, obviously, about coming to San Jose, that um, the San Jose was, I believe, willing to give one more year than uh, Vancouver was willing to give. But it also shows, though, how much Mike Greer likes these guys, right? That he's willing to give them that extra year and he wants to bring that competitiveness that both, Matt and Kyle Burroughs, you know, seem to have to, into the Sharks kind of defense and into their into their lineup. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm curious to see if if Kyle, like Matt, you know, showed a little more game than was expected of him. Everyone thought that Matt Benning was strictly a bond pairing defenseman. I think he showed last year that um granted, you know, the Sharks were not a good team overall, but I think he he showed he played reasonably good you know, middle pairing minutes. I think he can be, you know, when, uh, whereas, you know, at first when the Sharks signed him, people see, oh, he's a five, six, seven defenseman. Maybe, you know, he, maybe he's a four through six, actually, a guy that, mm-hmm. that can, you know, be a credible yeah, bottom four. Sure. Yeah, credible, like middle pairing in a, in a pinch. You may not want to be mm-hmm. in your middle pairing like every. And every night, if if you you know want to make a deep run, but if he's in your if, if injuries or whatever, Matt Benning is in your middle pairing for like 20, 30 games or whatever, right? You're gonna be fine probably, you know, if you have the talent around him, you know. And so maybe Burroughs, you know, uh, Burroughs played about 17 minutes a night last year, which was a big jump for him. The year before, he only played 13, and before that, he was pretty much an AHL guy. So yeah so he's taken a long way around to the nhl but maybe he's got a little bit more too and so he can uh, kind of show uh uh kind of kind of show that that a little bit more that you know that that uh that matt benning did last year and the last point i want to say about that too is that you know i said this last year when the sharks signed matt benning if matt benning doesn't work out guess what it just hustles money doesn't hurt the cap you bury that and you know the bury amounts one point you know one so you know Matt Benning would hardly count against cap if he bombed. The Burles deal is even better because it's exactly 1.1. 1. 1. It won't <laughs> so, count. <laughs> yeah, so it won't count at all. And in the so NHL, it doesn't work out. In this NHL, this is the most important thing is your yeah. ability to finagle the cap. And yep. if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, he plays in the Barracuda and doesn't cost you anything other than it's your just an extra year of Hasso's yeah. money. It's not your money. And yeah. so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt the cap, it doesn't hurt the Sharks competitively. So Hasso, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, we respect your money and we, we enjoy you very much. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's, it's it basically just as some, um, some guys to fill out the roster for the sharks um, and uh, give a little bit of a, of a grit to the, to the bottom six again, sure. after losing Gadjevich and Veal. Sure. Uh, so I don't have any real uh, major hangups with the signings. I think they're fine overall. Yeah. I didn't really expect them to um, make any big, splashes however this is yeah we'll talk about that in a second (laughs) let's 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 jump to that topic and we'll go to the um the other one uh later on but yeah let's talk about the rumors of who they might sign okay yeah um so i i didn't believe it until you know i saw elliot friedman's name associated with it (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh elliot uh uh said on angel network a couple days ago that um, I think he said that the Sharks were interested in Tarasen- and Vladimir Tarasenko. And I think he also said that um, he didn't 
he didn't uh, necessarily say the structure. It, he speculated that he thought that Matt Dumba would be a fit for the Sharks. And I will say with uh, Dumba that um, uh, agent actually all, wait. noted yes. noted outsider Keegan McNally also said Matt Dumba might be a fit for the <laughs> Sharks on our first episode of San Jose Hockey Now podcast. So, uh, yeah, a, a, an agent uh, texted me like uh, a couple days after free agency, and we had been talking about, you know, who the Sharks play, you know, put on the power play, uh, quarter, who they put to put quarterback to power play if if they trade Carlson, because there just aren't any options, you know. Like mm -hmm. now you have uh, Gavanka, but, you know, he's never played an NHL game before, right? Um, so... He suggested Dumba, and I thought, well, I guess maybe, but like, um, you know, one of the things that that's striking about Dumba in, in terms of just his production, right, is, you know, 2017-18, he's 23 years old, he puts up 14 goals and, and 50 points, right, and he looks like he's going to be, you know, a, a top pairing guy, I guess, at least, right, for like the next decade or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And every year since then, his production's kind of declined. You know, of course, some of it's injuries and, and whatever, right? But we we get down to this season. You know, he's 28 now. And he had just 14 points in 79 games. Hmm. And, you know, again, this is from 50, uh, you know, five years ago. And you wonder, well, what's what's up with this guy? Like, you know, like, did he just lose it? You know, he's only 28. You know, did he, did he, just, did he just lose it? And so, and so that's what I checked, 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 or checked around on. Um, I don't have as much to say about Tarasenko. You know, Tarasenko is a little bit older. We know he's not the Vladimir Tarasenko of, um, sure. of, you know, his prime, right? You know, like 35 goal, like, you know, book it guy, right? Yeah, but he's still, as like you saw last year, he's still viable, you know. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's going to, he's, he's going to uh, put in twenty five or or whatever, right? You know. Um, but Dumbo was the most curious uh, to me, and um, oh, before I, I get into just sort of the research I did into Dumbo, I will say too that like, um, even though I don't know if it's gonna happen, but. It makes a lot of sense, actually, for the Sharks to pursue these guys. I know that a lot of people are like, well, the Sharks aren't trying to win games. They're trying to tank. Mm -hmm. um, but number one, like, like uh, Sharks are never going to, at least under Mike Greer, they're not going to tank tank. They're not going to run out, like, no offense to either of these guys, like, you know, Aaron Dell and Zach Sachenko as, as their goaltending tandem at the start of the season, you know. Trade Eric Carlson and, like, uh, you know, Resign Ryan Merkley, you know, for the power play. Uh, you know, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're they're not they're not going to. Um, you know, you know, they're they're not they're not going to openly try to lose games. <laughs> okay. Yeah, still I guess is the way to put it. You know, try. Yeah, they're gonna try, right? Yes. And so. So yeah, so so guys like Tarasenko and Dumbo actually make make sense because uh, they're not getting obviously the offers that they were hoping for agency or they would be signed. They would have been signed day one. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Tarasenko is a bit older. Uh, Dumba is not, not necessarily too old, but Dumba is obviously, like I mentioned, his production has dropped off quite a bit. Right. And so people kind of don't know who they are anymore. You know, like mm -hmm. do you really want to give five years to a effective, but declining sniper, like 
Dumba? Or do you want to give five years to a guy in, or I'm sorry, in Tarasenko? Or do you want to give five years to a guy in Dumba that um, is even a top pairing or even a middle pairing guy anymore, right? And so anyway, so what makes sense for the Sharks and these guys here is that Sharks are a perfect place for both players to to uh, rebuild their 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 value on a short term contract, you know, one year, two year at most, probably one year, right? You know, cap is supposed to go up a lot next summer, yeah. and if you're Matt Dumba and you're 28 and you've proven again with the Sharks that you can, you know, score 40 points, be a viable power play threat, and also play good defense, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're going to get a, a a really nice contract next summer. Even a Tarasenko, right? A bit older, but if he pops in 25, 30, whatever, right? With all the, the playing time, power play time that the Sharks have available for anybody, um, yeah. you're also going to increase your value and get kind of uh, maybe a nice kind of last contract with somebody, right? Um, so, hmm? and, and the other thing I think mm-hmm. with that kind of thinking is that if they do sign like a one-year deal, say Tarasenko mm-hmm. signed like, Eight, I mean, it's not gonna be eight million dollars. Say it's like an eight million dollars contract. Right. Sharks retain fifty percent of it. Trade him to a contender after he's had a great season, and then he might still have an opportunity to sign another contract despite having a very right. high current salary. Right, yeah. right. I mean, if those guys perform like you expect them to with the Sharks, right, or mm-hmm. you hope that they would at least, right, um, that. Yeah, yeah, you get you get that draft pick at the at the deadline. You know, model for this, and it did not work out for Anaheim, but John Klingberg, right, last offseason. Mm-hmm. So he was yep. hoping for a multi, you know, multi-year max, whatever, right? And he didn't get anything close to that, right? And so yep. he's so he's like, okay, I'll go to Anaheim and you know, one year, seven million, and it didn't work. You know, it, that happens too, right? But it was the right, it was the the right play. For him, I think, right? For even though sure. it didn't work out, and it was the right play for the Ducks too. Mm-hmm. You got like John Kleinberg, who you know has been at times a you know almost a point per game defenseman, close to that, right? And you take a swing on him, you know. And so if he puts up you know 60, 70 points for on your top power play, you flip him at the deadline for a first, a second, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so I, I I so I think it makes perfect sense that at this juncture in free agency, we're almost a weekend. They haven't got the contracts that they wanted. That uh, that Dumba and Tarasenko, if they want to come, you know, makes sense. And I think Dumba is the one that really really makes sense to me because Sharks, like I said, we talked about with with, with Gavanka, they have literally nobody to play the power play, and there's also nobody left pretty much in the free agency market that has experience, uh, you know, playing a regular power play shift. I, I don't believe so. I don't think so. At least um, mm-hmm. guys that like uh, that stood out day one and were snapped up day one, like uh, that, you know, are cheap and have that experience. Shattenkirk, I mentioned Klingberg went day one. Uh, Gustafson. Who, from what I understand, like if the Sharks have been able to conclude an Eric Carlson deal like quickly, that like um, there was mutual interest, you know, between Gustafson yeah. and 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 the Sharks, and um, and so and all those guys kind of make sense if you're a rebuilding team. You just need a guy that um, will you know make make the power play, uh, um, you know, viable oh, for sure. your William Eklund's or Thomas Bordelow's and whatever, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It needs and, to be somebody there to distribute for your, right. your, you know, high under high end players to at least, you know, have the ability to score. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so it's your right. Prospect. Super important. 
but okay so focusing back on dumba right and so mm -hmm. dumba um what what's up with dumba you know is dumba just a guy who's declined and he is uh 14 you know 14 point a season he's just a defensive guy now and don't think about the days when he hmm. had 40 you know he had 40 years uh that he scored did double digit goals uh from the defense yeah. that's that's pretty good that, that's yeah. a pretty good offensive defenseman right and so anyway i i reached out to um team 33 and team 33 is uh basically it's uh it's a scouting service right and it's a scouting service uh with uh uh it's it founded by uh, michael santos and michael santos if you look at his uh uh his 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 history very impressive angel resume um he uh, was assistant general manager with the Islanders, director of hockey operations in the late 90s, early 2000s, director of hockey operations with Florida, with the Predators for a number of years, uh, AGM um, uh, with the Islanders, like I mentioned, but also with Florida eventually too. Um, so he has, you know, over 20 years of experience of front office hockey ops, uh, you know, experience. True, true. And so he found a team 33 with sort of the idea that just like in the name, that it would be basically like the, the, it'd be a consultancy service for angel teams. And they're basically like the 33rd front office. Hmm. And, um, the, he's the founder, uh, the advisory board includes guys you've heard of, like Jack Ferreira, uh, first GM of the Sharks, former Ducks GM, Peter Mahalovich, uh, Jerry Meehan, uh, Serge Savard, a Stanley Cup winner, and Neil Smith, another Stanley Cup winner there, too. Mm. Um, so, you know, very impressive uh, roster of people. And so basically their thing is that they send scouts to the NHL games. And those guys write reports as if they worked for the Sharks yeah. or whatever team, right? And um, they had 21 uh, uh, pro experience scouts, basically guys who are not working for angel team, but have worked for angel team before, have scouted for angel team before. Uh, guys, just throw out a few names, uh, you know, Michelle Goulet. Um, uh, I think you scout for Anaheim, uh, Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Sutter, uh, John Van Bax, uh, sorry, John uh, Van Boxmere uh, used to uh, used to scout for the Sabres. Uh, Al Iafredi, uh, Sharks legend, Al Iafredi, the wow. wild thing. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, 21, uh, 21 uh, pro experience uh, scouts, right? At the same games that the other scouts are at, uh, yeah. you know, taking the same notes and whatnot, right? And it's there just, was a, uh, uh, there was a, uh, we'll get there in a second, the, the final yeah. point, but the, there was a, a funny Twitter thread maybe a year ago before, uh, right after Seattle, or maybe two years ago when Seattle got a team that it was showing a picture of a seating chart for scouts. And one of the scouts seating charts said team 33 and somebody was like, Oh my gosh, it's a, it's a new franchise. They just got. Seattle. Oh really? And, yeah. I, remember <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. It was like a, like a little insider seating chart. They were like, Oh yeah. 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 yeah no, no, that's the same scene chart at every game. Yeah. It just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. And I remember reading it and I was like, what's this? And then somebody explained it in the comments. So that's how I know about team 33. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, so I, I, I reached out to, to, to Mike um, and I, I wanted got sort of team 33's perspective on Matt Dumba and basically, you know, what's up with Matt Dumba? Why, why has he declined offensively so much? You know, where is his game at right now? You know, I don't watch the wild every night. And so I only know Matt Dumba for, you know, uh, this past year for, you know, for hitting uh, Joe Pavelski, you know, in, in, a, in a wrong way. Right. Sure. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, so Team 33, finally, last note about them is that um, is that they are, uh, right now, they're consulting for angel teams. So angel teams pay them for the services, right? I know that they work with a couple of angel teams right now. Uh, but they're also developing a web-based platform that will be available for subscription uh, uh, one day. So the subscription to you, me, you know, uh, other fans. And they're also uh, working on uh, on an amateur program too. Um, so uh, I think that's like amateur scouting, you know, amateur, uh, you know, just you know, for for draftnik, uh, for draftniks like you. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so so keep yeah, keep an eye out for for uh, more from Team Thirty Three. Uh, no, they are not the New Atlanta team or the new Sacramento team or New Salt mm-hmm. Lake team or it's whatever. Just the Quebec City, we're, we're Quebec doing City, it. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I really didn't didn't know that. That whole that whole mm-hmm. Twitter thing. That, yeah, this hilarious. was kind of a few yeah. years ago, maybe a year. Yeah. Yeah. But right, anyway, so what about, were the opinions uh, on Dumba? <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so Dumba is okay. So so Dumba is still actually rated by uh, by their scouts, uh, Team Thirty Three scouts, as the second pairing defenseman. And Dumba did play twenty plus minutes uh, last season with Minnesota, mm-hmm. even with you know the lack of offensive production. So he's being played as a second pairing defenseman in terms of the, the minutes, right? And most importantly, just in terms of his physical physical skills, right? Like where's the drop off, right? And He's still a good skater that thinks the game well and plays with good detail defensively, which, you know, helps him contribute uh, uh, on a PK. And so here's a guy that, okay, so he's still good defensively. Uh, He still has value defensively. Minnesota's a good defensive team, playoff team, right? And so they're still playing Dumba uh, 20 minutes a night, and they must like something about him, right? But here's the interesting thing about Dumba and his production. Uh, His power play time was cut. Uh, huge amount last year. Uh, I looked at it. Uh, you know, last year I think, or two years ago, he played about you know a uh, hundred minutes on a power play. You know, he's probably ideally uh, uh, on a on a on a playoff team. He's a PP two guy, True. right? But for the Sharks, you know, if they trade their PP one guy in Carlson, a guy like Dumba has the experience to kind of masquerade. You know, give a credible performance as a PP one guy. I think that's the theory here, right? But anyway, so this past season, though, uh, he played only eight minutes on a power play. Wow. And so I'm not quite sure about why exactly that happened with hmm. with with uh, with 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 uh, with Matt. Again, I don't watch Minnesota carefully, but um, he still seems to have like the physical attributes to to be uh, effective, at least a, per, a player on the power play. And so if you combine his age, which is good, and also his upside, right, as, you know, again, if he finds his game with the Sharks as a 28-year-old, you know, year old defense, 29-year-old defenseman, um, I think he's right-handed, too. Is he right-handed? Let me see. I'm not sure about that That's one. That's number, I believe, is right-handed, yeah. He's right-handed also, right? Um, and so yeah, if he finds that, you know, that level of production with the Sharks, like, this is a guy at the deadline that is can get you a lot actually you know if he if he if he if he returns to form if he be, if he resembles at all the matt dumba from five years ago and you know with the element of more mature defensive game and that sort of thing right mm-hmm. that you know this 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 is a guy that you know he trade him at a deadline a lot of teams are, there's gonna be a line for 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 a guy like that because teams always want a good solid defenseman at at the at the trade deadline more so than uh than than, than a sniper like like even a yeah. Tarasenko who still got a first round pick last year but you know yeah. 
on reputation legit, a lot of it, but yeah. Yeah, but a legit top four defenseman though. Um, yeah. They go for a know, lot. Is worth a, worth a lot, and so mm -hmm. I so if the Sharks want to give them like one year, six million, or or whatever, you know, I, I you know, I, I, whatever the Sharks can fit once they trade Eric Carlson. Um, He's also, from what I understand, good locker room guy, you know, good guy off the ice, you know, love his involvement with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I I mean, that this sounds like, this sounds like, 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 this has a chance to yeah. be a, a real win for the Sharks, even if they don't win many games on ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is, it's continuing, I think, the theme of what we've talked about for the past, like, half of the segment after the Prospects mm -hmm. image, which is, what are we going to do in a post Eric Carlson world or, or what right. is the shark? What are the sharks going to do? And I think that's our, going to be our final topic uh, before we get to the Will Smith interview at the very end. But um, where are we at with the, the Eric Carlson trade and uh, does it seem to have stalled a bit? Is it still on go? What are we doing? Well, it seems like, uh, yeah, I don't know the day to day, the hour to hour kind of uh, minute by kind minute, of, kind of talk minute by minute, right? Which <laughs> I, you know, I, which, you know, people want to know that. I, I, mm -hmm. you know, I wish I could, I wish I could provide that. You're uh, not texting Eric right now, asking. No, him I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. But you know, I, it does seem like Carolina and Pittsburgh are still in it. Mm -hmm. But I will say that that what's concerning is that there hasn't been sort of a third, fourth team really put into it. I know people mentioned Seattle and Toronto early, but it sounds like at least at the, you know, from, from, from what I understand that Seattle and Toronto aren't as, as in it, you know? So mm -hmm. if it's just Carolina and Pittsburgh, then it's, you're going to have trouble with, 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 with commanding the, the, the return that you'll want for the reigning Norris trophy winner. Right. And I've talked, we talked a lot about this, the, uh, um, a very first episode, I think, about you know why I didn't think uh, Eric Carlson was going to get a lot in trade. Obviously, the contract, sure. all that kind of stuff, right? But um, we're seeing to some degree, though, that yeah, I mean, of course, any team in the league can use a hundred point defenseman. Like that's a no brainer, right? But sure. um, the, but look at what the contract, the retention, how much will the Sharks retain? How much can the, the 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 team that's acquiring Carlson afford to pay him with their salary cap plan? Right? It's reduced the player that on the ice, you know, would be of interest to literally 31 <laughs> other teams, right? Yeah. Um, to maybe just two teams, right? And so, yeah, so I, I think, I, 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 I think that, like, if there was a return that the Sharks liked from them that they would have taken already, I think, I would, yeah. I, I would just, that just makes sense, right? If they can find, find the right retention amount, right? But, you know that has the trade obviously has it hasn't happened yet, and so yeah, I think I think I think it's a big concern that there's only two teams that we keep we keep hearing because yeah. um, eventually, and we actually have already seen it. Carolina and Pittsburgh they've signed a lot of players. They have a lot less cap space obviously than they did on July first. Obviously, uh, the Sharks can take on contracts in return for Carlson, alleviate you know guys like Jeff Petrie that's been rumored, right? Yeah. Grandland as well has been rumored. Like Grandland, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure the Hur Hurricanes. I don't know if they have too many bad contracts, but they honestly just have like a really stacked team. So I don't know yeah. if they. Uh, <laughs> so they just want to add bad, yeah. like quote unquote bad contracts for us <laughs> to take back. Um, that's the other thing is I don't know how Carolina is going to fit, especially because they're supposed to be getting Tony D'Angelo and like right that that would be fascinating, what right? Is... Burns, uh, D'Angelo, yeah. and I was talking to somebody oh about gosh. that. Like I don't see Carolina because you don't mm -hmm. have. 
Burns, D'Angelo, Carlson, all right-handers, all power play, you know, all guys that are worthy of being on, on PP ones. Yeah. Sure. Um, and all of them on your same blue line. And I was like, I, maybe I just lack the imagination, you know, <laughs> it's creative. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean yeah. Right. Like Sharks tried to do two of it, right. They tried to do, right. You know, Burns <laughs> and Carlson on one blue line and it didn't really work. So, well, you know, I'm going to argue that point though. And I've said this point since, since maybe it worked for one year. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so it did work, you know, yes. like, yes. you know, it's not, I don't think it was automatic that once they traded Burns, I mean, obviously mm. it helps to get more power play time and, and all sure. that stuff, right? You don't have to share PP one uh, yeah. with another defenseman, right? Like, uh, like Eric had to share with Brent when they're both here. Mm -hmm. So they're, 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 uh, that obviously helps, but it can work though. You know, as we saw in 2018, 19, it, it definitely can work. So, so and I'm sure Carolina knows this too, or, you know, that's, yeah, that's and they why, have a deep enough team up front that like, uh, you know, they're not like the 20, 20 sharks trying to, right. to communicate both exactly. of them with nothing up front. There's exactly no like, Hey, yeah. you know, if back uh, a couple of years ago, like, if you're the defenseman that got PP one, then you're fine because you still got to play with Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer and all that stuff. Right. But yeah. If you were the defenseman that got stuck with PP2, yeah. Carlson and Burns didn't do a lot of PP. They, got, they didn't really work mm -hmm. gel on the PP on the power play too well. If you're mm -hmm. the, if you're the defenseman, uh, point per game defenseman, historically, that got PP2, you weren't turning PP2 into a PP1 because no. you just didn't yeah. have the guys or you just didn't have the guys around you to do it, right? So yeah, hundred percent. So. Yeah, so I think that's a good point with Carolina that like up front, you know. They don't look that different than the 2018 19 Sharks, that loaded team, right? They have a lot. Yeah, they have a lot of guys. Yeah. So, and they really want to go for it because I know Sebastian Ajo's contract is ending. Mm -hmm. Um, or obviously, we have no idea what's going to happen after that. I think this is his last year of that. So, right. I feel like they're really trying to load up. So, right. And we see it every year. It's just interesting that they're this far into it, despite all the cap limitations, that they're still mentioned as the team. They're always in, yeah, they're always in everything. <laughs> That's sort of, yeah. So, <laughs> sort well, of what, what I hear. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a surprise team, but that's why they're a surprise team, I guess. Yeah. Maybe uh, somebody. Yeah. But, may, but I guess the, to, to, to put a bow on a point, though, I think the Sharks need another surprise team to get into it. And we saw this yeah. with the, 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 you know, very uh, briefly to wrap up with the Timo Meyer trade, right? And mm -hmm. I wrote a lot about this that the Sharks really needed Buffalo and St. Louis as examples of teams that had a deep, you know, uh, war chest of uh, prospects, picks, that sort of thing, right? Yep. To get into it and to really want Timo and to see Timo as that missing piece because then that would force New Jersey to ante up. Yep. Right. And New, and New Jersey in the end wasn't really forced to ante up because, you know, Vegas only, you know, the teams that were in an end, Vegas only had picks to offer. Carolina, of course, was, was in it, but Carolina right. wasn't offering uh, uh, the defenseman. Um, uh, escapes me they're, they're, they're uh, um yeah Nikishin yeah they weren't offering him up right and so yeah so so the Sharks had to take kind of the the, the best package that was available mm -hmm. for asset that day uh you know didn't have to trade I guess but that you know there was good reason to trade him at the time obviously because his his value was at the highest probably that it, it, it would have been um mm -hmm. you know and if Muka Madulin and Musty turn out then it's you know sure exactly yeah a good trade and um, so, yeah, so so in that same same way, this is Timo Meyer, you know, much younger, you know, much easier contract situation to stomach than Carlson's, right? Yep. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's just, it's, just, it's, it's, it's hard to trade stars. Obviously it's hard to fit, you know, fit, fit guys like that into, into your plans. And so, yeah, you know, I think, um, uh, I think for our sake, I hope that it's uh, every week. We're not just on Eric Carlson watch. I hope that in one of these weeks of this podcast this summer that we, uh, you guys talk about a trade. I, I think, I think I'll have major trade alert. Yeah. You know? Yeah, someone asked me, uh, um, Alex, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, a big time commenter, reader, San Jose Hockey Now. Thank you for subscribing. He yeah. asked if I thought a trade was sort of imminent or it happened later in the summer. This is just a pure guess, but I think I think it's it's probably going to happen sooner than later, just because um, it just people wanted to happen. Carlson wants it to happen so he can kind of start, you know, over teams, you know, uh, interested. Uh, whether they're very interested or not, or kind of interested, right? They need to settle mm-hmm. their cap situation and what they're going to do uh, going forward, right? Um, so, so yeah, so so you know, it, I I I could see it happening, you know, again sooner than later. I'm not saying it's going to be next week or tomorrow yeah. or or whatever, but that may also be the yeah. the um, you know, a reason why it hasn't happened yet is that teams might think they can wait out Greer just because. The closer yeah. it gets to the season, the more, you know, it's going to get a little bit antsy about, okay, are we sure. trading him? Like, yeah. Is he going to play another year in San Jose? It's going to look, it's going to get a little bit more antsy. So, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's me. Interesting press conference, uh, first yeah. day of training camp, and Eric Carlson is still, still here. around. Is he, is he practicing? <laughs> Anyways, I don't, I think, um, I think we have, um, talked everyone's ear off today, Shang. It has yes. been a very good podcast. Um, we're going to end it with a uh, interview that you had done, uh, with our, uh 2023 first pick uh will smith yep. so uh anything else any final words shang no uh i've talked your your ear off i've talked everybody's ear off so, uh, yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> thank um... you thank you again guys uh if you got through all of this uh enjoy the Absolutely. Wilson interview it's not a very long one but i think it's a fun one uh, i think i asked him a lot of questions that not a lot of people are, are asking him and mm-hmm. so i think you'll get some fun insight into, into will and uh, yeah join us uh, next week yep see you guys next week we have uh, will smith here for the san jose hockey now podcast thank you for jumping on well just uh how's the experience been in uh, dev camp for you so far it's been awesome i think just getting to know the guys and uh, on the staff and there is and fun you mentioned uh, going to uh, Santander Roa. What did you do uh, yesterday? And you know, what do you have planned for the rest of the week in terms of seeing the Bay Area? Yeah, we went bowling yesterday. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was fun. Um, and then today we're going to Alcatraz. So mm. it should also be a little adventure that we're, uh, we're excited <laughs> for. Uh, what did you, uh, you bowl yesterday? Oh, uh, like a 120, I think. Okay. In the one game. And then our team was hot. Okay. But uh, we didn't, we, I think we finished in second or third. But. We did our best. Who's the uh, best uh, bowler out there? Uh, I think Robin's won the highest score. Nice. Yeah. Well, what, what, do, what do you have? It was something high, like 160, I think. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Nice. That's fine. Their team is pretty good. Impressive. I uh, wanted to ask you, too, actually, uh, just going to uh, other questions. Uh, why number two? <laughs> That's unusual for a number, right? So. Yeah. Um, I get that a lot. The Brian Leach is where I um, found that number and kind of stuck with it. He's a Boston College. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right, where I got it. Oh, that's that's pretty uh, pre- that's pretty cool callback. I mean, Brian Leach, you know, he, he played in the. I mean, you weren't even born yet when he was in his prime, right? So, yeah, like, no. um, did uh, did I know Brian uh, teaches? Uh, I'm sorry, he coaches some youth hockey. Did he uh, did he coach you at all, or like, how do you know, like how do you know Brian? Have you met Brian? Uh, I haven't met him. Surprised that he actually <laughs> coaches the team that I used to be on. Uh, uh, Eagles, yeah, so. right, right, right. All right. I hopefully we'll meet him in the next year. Yeah.
why then like what about him would you know uh, made it just that's the number that, that you picked <laughs> uh, like i said he's a boston college guy mm-hmm. i mean I, I, two is kind of like a qb or like a point guard oh number. sure and yeah, yeah, yeah i've always like i've liked all sports and i something about two is just um i don't know about that actually. I, love, I love it okay so i mean every uh every team you join in the future someone's going to ask you why two for a force but you're going to keep it and that's going to be that's your number right yeah well we're in six next year because two's taken <laughs> so. but uh when you can you're going to return to it yeah. right how long have you had that number anyway 15 years probably wow okay. ever since i was a kid yeah Okay, like, did you just see, like, a Brian Beach photo, or, I don't know. I think it was my dad. Your dad. He got me into it. Okay, all right. Um, do you know anyone else here, in terms of, uh, there's, a, you know, a few Mass or USD, uh, NTP guys, like, Bordalo, and, you know, any, do you know anyone well here from before? I know, we just talked with Henry, he says that you guys flew in together. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know Henry from earlier skates in past years, so, um, I mean, he's a Harvard guy, and just being around the, the Boston area, you get to know those guys, and... Um, I mean, I got to know Bordelow because he was at the at the national team. And, right. Um, just hanging out with those guys, getting to know more. Is, is, uh, I know Lund, too. Okay. For a really time. Okay. Okay. Um, you look forward to uh, playing. Uh, you have Cam and uh, Michael Fisher at Northeastern, so you might be uh, seeing them, right? <laughs> yeah, I will be seeing them. <laughs> um, so... It, you know, to raise, uh, you know, an athlete, right? You know, they talk about how it takes a village to raise a child, right? Obviously, for a, you know, elite athlete like yourself, it takes many people, right? So I just wonder, you know, obviously, there's always the the parents that we talk about, the you know, your coaches, right? But I wonder now that we have this time, a, a little, like, longer platform. Is there anybody that, like, you haven't really shouted out yet? Or just, you know, somebody maybe a little not as, you know, like, uh, 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 like, that you want to just show your appreciation to that helped you get to where you are now? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the parents are the first ones in the line. I mean, a sister too. She doesn't get enough credit for helping me, but um, yeah, she's all of them been awesome. And mm-hmm. I mean, my grandparents, they've also been re- really special on the journey. So just kind of. Got to give them a shout out. Okay. Uh, your sister, you, uh, you're right. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, heard or her mention just how she helped you. Yeah, I mean, she's. Um, she's older than me, so she's been a role model for me and kind of helped me, help me uh, get to where I am today. Just, I mean, she, no matter what it was, if I would need some help in school or, um, she wanted to give me a little tutor, tutor or something like that, but, um, everything else, I mean, she's always been there and she just loved hanging out, mm-hmm. um, doing everything. What was your, uh, weak subject in school that you needed help on? <laughs> Probably math. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, just studying for those tests were brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned uh, your your grandpa, and you had your biz- uh, his business card uh, uh, on you uh, during the draft. Uh, what what was his job anyway? Um, he was a president of a building in Boston, so um, he kind of passed it down to the to the family, and then yeah. um, I mean, it was just one of his last cards. So it was. Want to have something for him in there. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, what was his uh, impact uh, on you, just in general? You know, I saw you know a number of photos. You know, it seemed like he was at a lot of your games. Course. Yeah, he went to everyone he could. I mean, uh, just he was probably the most generous person I knew. Just he he did everything for our family. He put he put us through school, and um, no, I definitely. Wouldn't have got the uh, resources I would have without him. And from what I understand, uh, he uh, used to give you after games a five dollar bill for some candy. So what was uh, what were your go tos back then? <laughs> Ooh, oh, it depends if I played good. If I played good, he'd give me give me something. Like that, but, uh, <laughs> probably like a Milky Way or okay, yeah, something like that. Sometimes he would already have it. In the oh, nice. Okay, but you can't do that anymore though. You're a lead athlete now. I gotta so. watch the nutrition. <laughs> 
Um, oh, something else I want to ask you too about is uh, um, uh, I love your dog. Your dog has his own Instagram, uh, Rigney Smith. Um, so why Rigney? Where does that come from? Uh, so I have history in the Chicago White Sox. Uh, um, my like great great grandfather is Charles Comiskey. Who, really? Um, yeah. So wow, it's quite he's a famous guy in uh, Comiskey Park. Um, yeah. My sister's middle name is Comiskey, and then um, his daughter was Dorothy. I'm pretty sure. And, mm-hmm. Um, she married John Rigney, who was a pitcher, and also I think ended up uh, help managing the team. But um, John Rigney, and that's where we got Rigney. Oh wow! Okay, and then uh, also too, uh, uh, you had a, a dog growing up, uh, Molly. <laughs> yes. a picture of. So anyway, it's uh, same kind. Of, what kind of dog is it? It's a Cavachon. Okay, they, that's sort of your. Uh... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean they're go-to dogs. They don't shed, and they're just really caring and loyal. So. When I get older, I'm probably gonna get like a big dog that <laughs> can protect the house. Right, right, right. And uh, just a couple more here. Thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, um, so, okay, favorite nickname, not Smitty or Fresh Prince. <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's what I get called. Right. I used to get called like Wild Willie. Okay. My grandfather. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, that's from your grandpa. Oh, where did that come from? Uh, I was. I thought it was wild because a kid. I mean, I was always running around. For- there's my other grandfather on my mom's side. Uh, okay. Yeah, he, uh, he's a funny guy, so he's yeah. Call me W W. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you know uh, William Carlson? Obviously, Vegas Golden Knights. His nickname is Wild Bill. Yeah. Did you see William Carlson uh, Stanley Cup parade? Can we? Might we expect that from you? Do you think that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're a little enraged though, so you're gonna ask him about that, right? <laughs> yeah. We. Uh, yeah. We can. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, now. Notice I haven't asked you any uh, Will Smith uh, Fresh Prince questions. I know you always get asked that. So actually, my question, now I know that you're a baseball fan, this is a good question. Uh, favorite Will Smith, uh, baseball Will Smith, pitcher or catcher? I only know the catcher. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wins automatically. And uh, finally, uh, last question for me. I noticed that you uh, partnered with Chipotle. Um, so, do you know how big a fan William Eklund is of Chipotle? And uh, he, I actually asked him about it today. He's going to... He's going to, you know, hit you up. Like, can you hook him up, you know, like uh, <laughs> part of the sponsorship deal? <laughs> I didn't know that he was a big fan. Oh, he's a big fan. I'm yeah, going yeah. up to yeah. see, him a lo- see those guys at lunch right now, so I'll, okay. I'll mention it. Okay. Make sure they're, uh, uh, you know, uh, lord over him yeah. that your sponsorship deal. So. <laughs> yeah, I will. All right, well, thank you for taking the time again. Thank you. All right, I'll see you around. Yeah. Right. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you.